I was going to say to you, so what do you, I was just going to ask you, what, what do you think this podcast is? What do you think Letter Space is? It's answering questions. <laughs> it is answering questions. But it's, but that, I mean, that's not, that doesn't sound the slightest I mean, what, bit entertaining. What we're going to do. Yep. Is we're going to talk about things we like. Yes. And we're going to answer questions, but they're not going to be the obvious questions. Well, they're sort of questions generated by the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and and we can stray into any kind of territory, right? So we might yeah. be talking about the the thing that has generated the question. We might be answering the question. We might be talking about ourselves. We might be talking about other stuff, but it's just circling around that question. Do you agree? Yes, I think I think one thing we can guarantee is that we're not guaranteeing <laughs> deep philosophical answers to some of these deep and no. philosophical questions, but we're probably going to give those answers anyway. Yeah, I think that might. It's happen. not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. It's happen, but, it, but it, well, it, I mean, let's not overpromise. It might happen. It might happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and it's as, it's as simple as that, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Can I can I start by asking you today's question you can stop it because this is it's a it's a doozy it's a this classic. is one of my favorites yeah what is the sweet sound that calls the young sailors yes what is the sweet sound that calls the young sailors and um we should probably say where that question comes from right yes yeah so it's from a song it's from um the rainbow connection which is most famous so i couldn't remember which muppet movie it is at the beginning of is it the very it is at the beginning of the muppet movie <laughs> from 1979 and is that the first muppet movie that is the first muppet movie and it opens the it opens the film so the actual opening shots of um the muppet movie the very very opening is the muppets getting ready to watch the movie and it's sort of framed as a movie about how they all came together okay so it's kind of a meta thing that they're watching a biopic about themselves. Yes, right. which okay. is one of the brilliant things about the Muppets, right? Yeah, that there are yeah, so yeah. many layers to them and you're never entirely sure whether you're watching the Muppets or watching the Muppets acting. Yes, but but then of course also there's also always the additional layer of they're not actually real people, which I find with Kermit quite a difficult thing to separate in my head. Yes, com- completely. And I imagine a lot of the performers find it difficult. So we are greeted with Kermit on his log in his swamp, serenading us into a, a little couple hours of magic. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and it's so much so that it's the opening that it actually has the opening credits over it, doesn't it? And you yes, kind of you yeah. zoom in, you sort of start high up in the sky and you zoom closer and closer in on Kermit singing this little song. Yeah, is that right? Um, that's my memory of it, anyway. But I can't remember what happens in the film at all. The, I, I mean, the film is a fairly a standard Muppet story. It's a road trip, Kermit, Fozzie Bear. They've got that brilliant sequence in the car, um, moving right along. Such a fun that's a upbeat. Song, I mean, it? yeah, moving all, all of the songs are absolutely brilliant. But it's um, and it's, it's moving right along. It's that one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The the Muppet movie, yeah. in its most basic form, is just the Muppet origin story. It's always interesting that the Rainbow Connection feels like the quintessential Muppet song. Mm-hmm. Like, even though there are tons of other ones I absolutely love, Rainbow Connection is the Muppets. But that came about, what, like 10, 15 years after a lot of the Muppets started really taking shape? Mm. 
So I think the Muppet Show would have been around 1976, 75 or something. So the Muppets as a group, as a uh, vaudeville troupe, have already been around for about four or five years. Kermit's been on Sesame Street since the 60s. Okay. So that's about 10 years since Kermit first crops up in a real Kermity Henson capacity. So the right after the opening with them settling down mm-hmm. to the movie, the movie does open with this shot of Kermit in the swamp. And when it was recorded, when they were in the studio, Jim Henson trying to record the lyrics, it wasn't really clicking. Mm-hmm. This, this is one of my favorite things about the song. And it shows just, oh, okay, brilliant. This shows just how much it is authentically a Kermit the Frog song and how much it is a Muppet song. So Henson's in the studio. He's trying to record. It's just not happening. And someone in the studio suggests, why don't you let Kermit do it? Mm. So Henson gets the Kermit puppet and he's still in the booth recording, but he's got Kermit now really doing the performance mm. and and it works. Mm. And weird as it is, I think part of that is that there is just an authenticity to the Muppets that puts them beyond a lot of other puppets or animated or any other think- like non- live action characters i think that's true but i also think like kermit more so and i think that's to do with how much of a projection of jim henson he feels like he is and i was thinking about i can't remember the the little tiger's name in mr rogers uh daniel tiger daniel tiger Daniel Tiger feels like a very similar phenomenon and that it Mm. feels like there's something complicated going on there about aspects of those people's personalities that exist for them like it 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 almost feels like a therapeutic thing for like especially Mr Rogers right but but for Jim Henson to an extent as well that there's that 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 puppet is not him but it is him but it Mm. also has this very clear identity of its of its own and there's something quite weird about puppets in that way that they can do that for people yeah yeah so it makes perfect sense to me that Jim Henson couldn't sing the song but Kermit could Yes, for sure. It's it's interesting the sort of what it takes to actually create those puppets, though, because as much as Kermit is an extension of Henson, Rainbow Connection wasn't written by Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. And he was quite happy to give the songwriting control over mm-hmm. to Paul Williams and Kenneth mm-hmm. Asher, who wrote it. So it's it's fascinating. And I think it speaks to, in part, the message of the song mm-hmm. that what is very much an extension of one man Mm. is so easily accessible by other people in order to either take from that and experience something in that or to add to it. And from everything that I've read, it sounds like that was very much Jim Henson's approach with things. He was, he was the Kermit, the frog of the people around him. He was someone bringing people together to create something. But I think, I think that sort of, I've only read a little bit from, but it it feels like the the key to that is a sort of creative trust and going no no you just go off and do it and I don't want to know about it I just want to see the finished thing, which is is is, is that right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Which is which is a sort of Kermit thing that he has this kind of he's the producer director of the Muppets within mm. the internal narrative of the Muppets, but he's sort of the most he's. Like the Muppets is an ensemble thing, but he's definitely the star. Like Kermit is who yes. you're most interested in. But he also has this strange kind of neutrality 
that he's he's kind of quite in some ways he's quite blank as a character but he's also there's a sort of it's a very soft charisma that he has you you want to kind of like I was thinking I know you don't watch Cheers which is a, it's such a shame but Sam Malone in Cheers is exactly that I think Ted Danson just has very calm energy of like just these characters who are very very kind of aware not aware of themselves but very comfortable in who they are and and so are not kind of shouting all the time or, or peacocking all the time but you just want to you want to be kind of its friend I think yeah, yeah yeah completely which is a, it's a strange thing and meanwhile sort of what's so off-putting about Miss Piggy is her kind of constant peacocking is and wanting people to love her is what makes people not love her but that's not the song like we need to focus no. on the song and the, and, yeah. the, and the question. And then I love the way the song opens with another question. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? So I feel like we should answer that question first. <laughs> I feel yeah, like that is also can, an important question. Um, yeah. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? I like I was reading a thing because um, the obvious parallel to, is um, somewhere over the rainbow, somewhere over the rainbow, and that and that this is Kermit's it, it, "I wish" or "I want" song that you're, it's kind of yep. establishing his character as as having a, a yearning, but it's quite an abstract and vague yearning. But it mm. is quite it's quite strange that it's not. I don't the the parallel between that song and "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." I don't think it's just the rainbow thing. Like it is a sort of lone character wandering around and just having a vague sense of there being something else, but that something is yeah. is very much not material and is very abstract. But you kind of totally buy into that as like, yeah, I I want to go somewhere over the rainbow too. Like that's where somewhere where I want to be, and it is quite because 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 I know I know they like when they were talking about writing the song and they were going oh we want to write this song and it's about all the songs about rainbows and and then they said yeah we don't know what to call it it's just about this connection between all the rainbows the sort of rainbow connection oh that's what we'll call it but then I was like are there so many songs (laughs) are there so many songs about rainbows it's just that songs about rainbows are quite big songs well, I think that's the thing. There's a number of origin stories for the title. Okay. And they're all very similar, but slightly inconsistent. There's the ones that say that it's about the connection between all these rainbow references mm. and stuff. There's one where they were talking about how the song is about the connection between rainbows and people. Mm. And someone was like, oh, rainbow connection. <laughs> and another one where one of their wives suggested, why don't you call it the rainbow connection yeah, under the same the circumstances? I yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. But I'm... I, and I suppose the recurrence of rainbows, and I think it it must be also quite popular with um, nursery rhymes and things like mm, that. I feel like there were definitely yeah. songs growing up where rainbows were a key part. And part of it is, and maybe that there's a sort of scientific element, a magical element, and an inaccessible element. I think that, you know, the science of, it's, it is still, as an adult, sort of amazing when you go, mm-hmm. it's rainy, and it's sunny at the same time that alone is enough of a magically i remember about uh six seven months ago or something Mm -hmm. being out with you um and we were waiting for an uber because it was really heavily raining Mm -hmm. and there were rainbows there was there was a double rainbow in the sky 
there's just something magical about that. I've got a weather. I've got a I've got a rainbow maker in my bedroom, and when the sun shines, which it has been recently, it 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 works on solar power. It's got a crystal at the bottom, and I just rainbows just like spiral all around the room, and it's it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, there, there's there's something really magical about it, and the fact that it's not just from this strange occurrence of natural forces most of the time but the fact that it produces such basic fundamental yeah, child accessible yeah, building blocks of yeah, life yeah. seven colors yeah like yeah. all the things you can do with seven colors and yeah. here's seven colors that just magically appear yeah. in the sky in the same sequence every time yeah. what is this scientific magic it's it's very and, much we are definitely on a planet yeah Yes, yeah. It's it's something outside of our control. So it, you get this mix of, even when you understand the science, the science is amazing to it and the magical side of it. And then you get the third element of you can't reach a rainbow. It's too mm-hmm. high to touch. Mm-hmm. You can't reach the end of it. And all of these uh, stories about what's at the end of a rainbow. Mm. It's something so powerful. And it's something that when everyone sees it, everyone is connected with this experience. I think maybe, you know, everyone's connected by weather anyway. Whenever everyone looks up on a sunny day, they see the sun. But there's something about the fleetingness of a rainbow, something about how Mm. it's going to disappear in a few minutes, probably. But people experiencing a rainbow together is a weird communal moment. Yeah, but also that it's it's so huge and so intangible. One of the things I find really strange is um, apart from Noah's Ark, I, do, I can't think of, now, I, I haven't done research on it, I'm sure there must be instances, but there's no big kind of classical myths and legends or folk tales or fairy tales which feature rainbows, which seems bizarre because like, if, if you're looking at that in a pre-scientific world, what on earth are you thinking? Why does that not feel more magical in the same way that an eclipse might be like, oh, you know, there's something celestial about you know or, or uh i don't know divine about what's happening why yes. why do why why when you look at the egyptian hieroglyphs is one of them not a rainbow and why would that feel incongruous actually because it feels like a very modern symbol like it's it's and i think mm. the other thing you made me think of when you were just talking is how prevalent it is in childhood how it's a sort of childish symbol um and that you you would get it on like pajamas or cushions for a kid but for an adult that would feel inappropriate and i always think it's very I always think it's very strange that one of the first things we teach children, it's not strange, it's sort of beautiful. One of the first things we teach children is weather and identifying different types of weather, that, that that's your sort of introduction to this planet that you find yourself on. It's like, yeah. oh, by the way, you're going to experience this thing called rain and it's fine, don't worry about it. And also here are the days of the week and this is how we count. So um, well, now let's get on with everything. Like, it's it's very strange that it's not, it doesn't have more resonances in history now i think yeah the the only other one i can think of is uh the bifrost bridge in uh norse mythology the rainbow bridge that connects midgard and asgard the worlds of man and gods yeah that and i think that feeds into the same thing we're talking about of it's this weird uh, a rainbow is a weird experience that brings everyone together and and this is only occurring to me now but it's maybe the only weather that directly connects the ground to the sky. Yes. Uh, well, fog, sort of misty fog, or f- when it's like really low, that's quite magical. 
but it, 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 it is it is magical I'll, I'll give it that but it doesn't feel like because you're inside the fog and you can mm. see that this is a sort of wispy weightless thing that you're moving through it doesn't feel like an actual connection between the two yes i know what you mean yeah i do know what you mean because also it's you because you're experiencing that at ground level you're not also experiencing it as high up in the sky whereas in a rainbow yes you are experiencing those two things at once so i think when you do see rainbows used in things mm. there's often this really interesting play on connecting our world with another world yeah. and connecting people across vast distances and sometimes uh, abstract distances mm. it makes me like i wonder whether it's already been written but if it hasn't i want to write a cultural history of the rainbow i feel like i might even have floated that idea once before i don't know i, th I think maybe so <laughs> so when but, I mean, let's do it because that's fun <laughs> yes <laughs> when <laughs> when kermit opens by asking yeah. Why are there so many songs about rainbows yeah. and what's on the other side? Yeah. It it immediately opens to this whole wealth of I want you to think for a moment about what rainbows mean to you and mean mm. to society. But it's also a concession that the song he's about to sing, the song that's about to take us into the <laughs> yeah, Muppet movie, is already laboured on to call it cliche feels slightly cruel, but it's already layered and laboured with all of this cultural yeah. referencing so it's almost a sort of self-conscious yeah we know we know this is nothing new but we're going to do it anyway it's a sort of yes it's a recognition of what criticism might come which is always quite fun yes yeah and and he goes straight on to start to unpack that question himself rainbows are visions but only illusions Rainbows have nothing to hide. I see. I I've been puzzling over these lines. I, d I don't quite get. I don't quite get this bit. I just rainbows. Yeah, rainbows are visions. They're only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. I, and rainbows have nothing to hide. Feels like a leap from those first two lines to me. It feels like a if if it's the only line in the song that I think you did that because it's scanned. It doesn't quite make sense to me. What do you mean they've got nothing to hide? Hide. It, and it, it doesn't fit with emotionally with the rest of what the song's saying. Although I'm not, I've always just taken it as, a, you know, this is sort of rule of three writing. Rainbows are visions. <laughs> they're not things yeah. that are physically real. Yeah. They're only illusions. They're not physically real. Yeah. And they're not hiding anything. They're not physically real. Like yeah, there, there is okay. nothing at the end of a rainbow. There is nothing in a rainbow. They are just a science it is a, vision illusion. Yeah, it is a clunky line, though, don't you think? It's, it's it's the only bit that jars for me. They have nothing to hide. Well, nobody said they. Nobody said they did. Like you're you're restating and like you're you're establishing the innocence of rainbows in a sense and the kind of truthfulness of rainbows. But like that's not really because you the rest of the song to me is really about what they might emotionally stand for and that. That just feels like it's a bit too, I guess, anthropomorphic in a way. Do I mean that? I, just, uh, I, uh, I can I can see where you're going with that, but I guess for me, it's always been part of the concession of the song. It's that there is no pretense in the song. There is no artificiality to it. It is a very sincere except, statement. Except that the next few lines then completely say, ah, but but that's not what I think. So we've been told and some choose to believe it. I know they're wrong, 
it is such a dense line yeah there is so much happening in it yeah but but i really enjoy it it's i think it's an admission from kermit of we grow up being told that rainbows are visions and illusions and not hiding anything and some people choose to believe that they're just these things that happen in the sky and there's nothing there but i'm going to believe that there is a, something more to it there is something more important about this rainbow so this brings me to i mean i we both love this song it's a beautiful song yes. and it's, it's yep. it um there's something just quite primal about how it well, it sounds really gross and sentimental about how it touches you like it does make people cry this song and it's quite hard to explain what and, yeah. I, and I don't think that's just the lyrics I think just musically there's something so gentle and sweet about it but but the more I think about it and I have been thinking about it a lot since we said we'd do this we'd try and answer this question there is a sort of implied arrogance about Okay, these are the people that believe in the magic of rainbows, and everyone else is, you know, everyone else is just a bit rubbish. But we're the special people who can really see, and we're the creative people, and we're the dreamers, and we're the imaginers, and and we know that rainbows are, are much more than just this kind of scientific phenomenon. And that started to make me feel a bit weird about the song. I I, I appreciate that, but I guess <laughs> there's a reality to it. No, like it's okay to have an arrogance about believing in what you believe and it's okay to acknowledge that other people don't believe that too as long as you're not putting other people down and i think that's framed in the song so even though he's saying um some choose to believe it mm. it's still the the lines that follow It's entirely about the people who are believing in this, not about the people who aren't. Yeah, I guess that's it. I, I mean, I I still love the song and I still, every time you listen to it, it sounds very fresh. But I guess, I guess it just says, I'm in this category. Are you in this category with me? Because if you're not, this song isn't for you. And I think there's, I think the, the proviso on that is, it's a, it's, if you are in that category, it's very flattering. So nobody's going to say... I'm not in that category. But the song still implies the existence of another category, a category of non-rainbow people. <laughs> and that feels like, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I guess when, when I think about it, I, I always think you don't have to like the song. It's okay if you don't like it. But the people who aren't in that category are the people who hear things like this or see the Muppets and just write it off as children's play. That's part of the brilliance of the Muppets, right? We talk so much about how you like your Sesame Street. I do. I like the Muppets. Yes. And that says that you're a child and I'm an adult because they're the target <laughs> audience. But th th that is the distinction between the two, right? Okay. Sesame Street is for children yeah, yeah. and Muppets is and for although adults. Although Sesame Street is much better. So there's that as well. I, I mean, I don't know about that. But that might be um, for another day. But just so yes. we've established that is an objective fact. No. Um, no. So it's it's the people who are ready to be dismissive, and I'm sure we can both think of some people. It's the people who are ready to be dismissive of giving the time and space mm. for children and adults to appreciate the importance of play and the importance yeah. of kindness and the yeah. importance of looking out for each other. 
and they're the people who aren't the lovers and the dreamers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's sort of, maybe I'm being cruel, but I feel like it's sort of completely okay to write a song that positions such a strong statement on what it is to be a lover and a dreamer. Yeah, that if you're yeah, not with yeah. us, you're against us. But that's yeah. your choice because we'd happily have you. Come join our gang. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> you're just by default making yourself a villain and you have a constant open invitation yeah. to join us if you change your mind. It's also it's so strange that you might listen to this song and not hear any of that as well. Yeah. So I, I guess that's yeah. maybe the thing that's sort of slightly like... I, I used the word arrogance, didn't I? It's like... I'm just going to sing this song about how great I am, but I'm sort of going to disguise it as a song about how great rainbows are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I sing about how great the rainbows are, the rainbows are me. The rainbow is me. Who said that every wish would be heard and answered when wished on the morning star? When I was thinking about this, I wrote a list of songs that have a similar that I have a similar reaction to, and one of them was Jiminy Cricket, When You Wish Upon yes. a Star. Um, there's an amazing line in it. Um, if your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. I mean, when I've said, when I've said it out loud, it sounds really hokey. It sounded much better when I wrote it down. But, like, it's another kind of, like, song that feels like a song about that is for children and that is quite simple but is actually about the human experience. I don't know. What other ones did I have? I had a whole list. I had um, You Are My Sunshine. Yeah. Oh, I, I, we've spoken about this. Yeah. But you Are My Sunshine is such a beautiful song because it's uh, all three of these songs have no pretense to them. Yeah. They are written by adults. Hang on. I've a got lot more. of the times. I've got more, Go though. On. I've also got Those Were the Days, which I don't think you know. I think we've talked about this one. Those were the days, my friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, um, and also, actually, Days by the Kinks, that sort of wistful nostalgia. Um, but also, and, and this will mean nothing to anybody but me, probably, but it's so important that I get this out of my system. There is a song, there is a film called uh, The Optimist, based on a book called The Optimist of Nine Elms. Uh, the Optimist stars Peter Sellers. It's quite hard to get hold of. For some reason, you can always find it in Spanish. There's a song that I found out the other day, which I didn't know before, was actually written by Lionel Bart, and any song from Oliver is going to be on my list. Um, but... It's it's two lines, and and it and the the lyrics are sometimes it wasn't half as bad as all that sometimes don't know exactly what we did but they were fun times, and that is that is all of that song that exists, and Peter Sellers yeah. as a kind of tr sort of tramp like a tramp trope character an ex vaudeville star and children's entertainer going around the streets of 1970s London with a dog and two random children who follow him around everywhere going give us a, give us a go your dog mister singing that song and thinking about his dead wife is <laughs> the most Oh my god! I I just those two lines of that song just kill me every time, every time. And I and I frequently Google it just to see: did he write the rest of that song? Does it exist somewhere? Can we write it? Can we find it in the estate? Can we go through his notebooks? I don't know. I just I just love it. And that's that. I mean, you know, we can stop now because that's something that I needed to say. <laughs> I I think what's what's true about all of these is that they do just have uh, unencumbered authenticity to them. Yes, yes. And there is no shame in them. It's like yes. they are ostensibly yeah. for children. Yeah. But 
they are speaking very honestly. When You Wish Upon a Star is so sincere about just wanting things and it is okay to want things and to dream about things and to try to get them in you are my sunshine it's the same it is just a sweet honest statement one of the we've spoken about this before but one of the things i love with you are my sunshine and i think it's true of the others is that they're also not afraid of the melancholy of it yes yeah there are versions of you are my sunshine that has my favorite verse of it in the other night dear as i lay sleeping I dreamed I held you in my arms When I awoke, dear, I was mistaken So I bowed my head and I cried There is so much honesty in saying that to someone that It's... it's hard to listen to it as an adult and actually pay attention to the words and say that's a song for kids yeah yeah I think I think I really liked what you said about there's no shame in these songs like I think that's Mm. so true that that there's a sort of people get very embarrassed about love as an idea and 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 there's 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 sort of this the sentiment of I'm I'm just here and I'm saying actually how I feel is, is potentially very embarrassing and so when someone mm. does it cleanly and simply they're very kind of they f- they're very sophisticated songs but they feel very immediate they feel like they're not sophisticated because the language is so yeah. simple because it's a they're i guess they're, i'm going to call them statement of fact songs <laughs> like yeah. statement of fact songs about love <laughs> like where someone just says actually how they're feeling without hiding it or trying to be clever yeah incredibly powerful what, what it makes me think that has never occurred to me before when, we, when we're always talking about sesame streets for children and muppets is for kids mm. or for adults the sesame street characters on the whole the iconic ones who recur mm-hmm. are sort of children yes yes elmo being the most identifiable but i think even big bird i think definitely big bird that is the whole point yeah. of big bird big bird exists within sesame street so that that adults have an audience to explain things to that isn't just the audience that's watching the television. He's, yes, he's yeah. the conduit. I always feel that he's he's the bridge between the children and the and the adults in the show. So, for instance, that beautiful, like awful but beautiful episode where Mister Hooper dies. That's his mm. role that he gets to come in and say, "I don't understand what death is," and then the adults can explain to him, but really explain to the children watching, like what it yeah. means that this. Might, I mean, God, it's just beautiful. So. Oh. Yeah. So it's it, it's only just really occurred to me that that's the big difference, right? Because almost yeah, all of yeah. the Muppets are adults. Yeah, so yeah. when you open on Kermit singing this song, mm. that's why it is afforded the sincerity yeah, that it's yeah. gained culturally. Yeah. Because this isn't a ch- this isn't a child or a group of children mm-hmm. singing to adults or singing to themselves. This is an adult on his own in what seems to be his home. Mm singing a song to himself about what he really yeah. wants from life yeah and what he wants and there's, really there's something really <laughs> difficult about watching that yeah yeah oh so the, this is where the song starts to get a bit bigger it starts yes. very introspective and or the, it starts very abstractly introspective it's talking about the almost the song itself and these tropes of wishing yeah somebody of that and someone believed it look what it's done so far 
that's so easy to read two ways mm. in um is it big little liars i can't remember what the show's called reese witherspoon and meryl streep and all of these wonderful actresses there's a scene where reese witherspoon's character quotes that line as a way of saying we are lying to our children and we have to stop we can't just construct these fake truths to protect them yes and we have to show them the reality which is a wonderful wonderful use of it and reading but it seems to take the song from the perspective of rainbows are visions they're only illusions yes. and we yeah. can't keep yeah. sugarcoating yeah and and i agree with that and there is a lot of yeah. the muppets that is about that it's about not everything is going to be okay yeah. But what that moment misses, and I think there's an argument to be made in the context of the show without spoiling it, that it does sort of play on this anyway. But what her character's use of that quote in the moment misses is that it's saying, as long as people believe in something, as long mm. as people believe in something pure, and people believe in that, look what it can do. Mm. And I, I think that's broadly applicable of anything, right? Even negative beliefs. Is this a bit, you said the same thing, but it meant the opposite. That yes. Like, look what it's done so far. It could be like, look what it's done so far. That that can be, I think that's so interesting. Like that, that, um, that thing we were talking about the other day about toxic positivity, that if you're kind of constantly being optimistic, you can you can really miss what needs to be done because you're not looking at the truth of a thing. And, and then yeah. that makes this song to me, feel very dissonant suddenly that that it that it's both of those things at once because i i completely believe in both of those things like i would like to think i am a rainbow person <laughs> i'd like to think that like this because i don't i don't think the that what it's really the what what it's idealizing is isn't just creativity and imagination i i in the song it feels to me that the rainbow is also about kindness and gentleness and um, yes but I, but I also firmly believe in, you know, that because it sounds like I, I haven't seen that show, but it sounds like what that might also be about is entitlement and this idea that you will get what you want. And, and I mm -hmm. think this, I think, I think those lines contain both of those things at both of those entirely contradictory things at the same yes. time. And that's yeah. quite, that's quite clever. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the beauty of it is that if it's containing both of those things, mm. what is in the middle of that? Yeah. The idea that beliefs have such an important role to play in our lives, whether they're positive or negative, it is the act of it's the act of hearing these things. It's the act of wishing these things mm. one way or another mm. that dictates what you're going to do, which sort of takes it back to this premise of at some point, for good or bad, you have to want something. You have to wish on a morning star in your head about something for anything to actually happen. So this brings us very neatly to Moby Dick, <laughs> as, all, <laughs> as all things eventually will. I mean, I so I I think one of the precipitators of this particular question, as a question for Strancer, came from me sending you a Moby Dick quote and saying, when Herman Melville said this, was he actually saying, what is the sweet sound that calls the young sailors? But actually, I think this bit here, what's so amazing that keeps us stargazing, is is so Moby Dick. 
Can I yep. can I read it? Should I read it? I'm just going to read the first couple of lines of it because this, I, uh, partly because I can't read the whole thing. I can't read the whole of this speech without crying. Every single time I read it, I cry. <laughs> um, but the first couple of lines of this, and this is Ahab, this is towards the end of the book when he's just progressively, like he's, he's obsessed with the whale all through the book, but he's so close to getting that prize that he's sort of going completely mad. Um, and he so there's this long, long speech, but it starts, what is it? What nameless, inscrutable, unearthly thing is it? What cozening, hidden lord and master and cruel, remorseless emperor commands me that against all natural lovings and longings, I so keep pushing and crowding and jamming myself on all the time, recklessly making me ready to do what in my own proper natural heart I dare not so much as dare. Like, and that's, that's it, isn't it? I, for some reason, it's the jamming myself on that always gets me. I'm like, yeah, I jam myself on. But it's that, that's, that is that same, Moby Dick is that same thing of... I have this desire for this thing and that is that is the motivating force and that is the content of my life, but it's also the destructive force of my life. That, that mm. I think those those two things can completely coexist in a single entity and and be both the most joyous thing and the most awful thing at the same time. I, I, yeah. I, I think in my own life, I think that's a, you know, I, I do keep jamming myself on. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's such a good line because it encapsulates everything about not just Kermit, but the movie. It's it's asking, what is it that's going to keep driving us forward? And what is it that we're going to want? It makes me think one of the other lovely songs from the movie is I'm Going to Go Back There Someday. Mm. Do you remember this no, one? No, I don't think I know that. It's, um, Gonzo singing it with uh, Rolf playing the harmonica and uh, Miss Piggy sings along too and you've got Fozzie Bear I think playing the guitar and it's totally Gonzo's song about the same sort of thing but lacking the confidence mm. he sat with all of the other Muppets who have sort of collected across this journey this looks familiar vaguely familiar almost unreal yet it's too soon to feel yet close to my soul and yet so far away i'm going to go back there someday he's such a brilliant character in the muppets because he's the one character who is out of place yes it's never defined what he is there yeah. was a muppets in space movie that plays him as an alien but he's always a sort of outcast even in things like christmas carol he plays charles dickens he's the one who's not mm. in the story but he's such a core member of the muppet gang mm. but he's always on the outside sun rises night falls sometimes the sky calm is that a song there and do i belong there i've never been there but i know the way i'm going to go back there someday so he's so abstracted from what's from the confidence that kermit has and that's part of the magic of kermit right that's what this movie and to some degree rainbow connection is about that someone like kermit is able to yeah, yes trundle through life yes. with all of that 
and I'm not going to say positivity because Kermit is a character who regularly gets frustrated. Yeah, yeah. But all of that sincerity and all of that, I am entirely who I am. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend. I'm going to be me, and I'm going to ask you to come along with me. Which, from ev- from all the accounts I've seen, is also Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask you to come with me, and all of these other people who aren't really sure where they're going or what their wish is or what their adventure is because at the start of that they're lacking the confidence to say this is something i want Mm. see the confidence of someone else going i'm just going to be me and i'm going to try my best to be me and they go oh wait i don't have to construct an identity but it's also interesting that they have to constantly relearn that lesson like that i mean otherwise Mm. there wouldn't be a story but yeah but yes, the the Gonzo is um, is lost. Well, he's he's de- maybe he's not lost, but maybe he's just perennially lonely. There is no way he yeah. can't be lonely, and and yeah, and I think that's so interesting that he looks at the ease with which Kermit does things, and he's not mm. jealous. He's just trying to emulate, but he never really will manage that. That's quite an extraordinary. Yeah. That's quite an extraordinary subtlety of character that I don't think you get in many things actually. Yes, because it's, no, these are such well-rounded characters. Yeah, but it, but it's very hard to pinpoint where that is. It's very show don't tell. Like it's very hard to pinpoint mm. where that is happening in those characters because really they're you know they don't, they don't the the language of the Muppet moves is is very simple. What happens is very simple. Yeah. Yeah. but you understand them completely. Yeah, but I think mm. I think Sesame Street's the same. I think actually thinking yeah. about it, what you said about Big Bird, I think Big Bird. Um, it occupies that same territory of I'm just me and and characters yeah. like stuff. I think Elmo does to an extent. They're all a little bit more like that and a little bit less frustrated than the Muppets. But yeah. but, but characters like the Snuffleupagus are definitely looking to those characters and going, I don't, I'm just not quite getting it and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But I'm just going to keep following them. It's it's very yeah. it's very touching. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Which which takes us into the last verse of the song. Yeah, well this is this is the meat of it, isn't it? Which is such a wonderful setup because it again manages to carry that dual tone of it feels so magical and whimsical and like something you'd see in a children's mm. book. But there's also something sinister about it's it. Something there's something certainly threatening. Certainly melancholy about it. Yeah. I think I think there is yeah. there's potential something calling your name that you can't see is always going to be sinister. But it's more but it's also um in parallel with that you've got the, the idea of this character kind of lying in bed on their own, falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're looking at them sitting on a log, singing a little song about rainbows, but but he's but they're invoking the image of them falling asleep and having a strange lucid dream. Yeah, quite I know. Odd juxtaposition. I've I've told you this before, mm. and I've I've never told anyone who turns around and goes, yeah, yeah, you're onto something there. <laughs> but how terrifying would it be to be lying in bed yes. at night and your door creaks open? Yeah. And from around the door pops the heads of oh, Hermit God. the Frog and Miss Piggy, and they begin to sing Rainbow Connection yeah, to let's you. not, I don't want that to happen. No. No, terrifying. Yeah. Is this the sweet sound 
It's impossible to talk about sounds calling sailors yes. without, I think, first and foremost, your mind goes siren songs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I, I think, intentional here. It's talking about the draw of these magical sounds that might be meaningless. It's sort of the um, menacing inverse of a rainbow, right? Yeah. Well, I was thinking two things. I was definitely thinking sirens, but then I thought... Yeah, I thought so. But I also thought there's a thing about, certainly historically, the be, becoming a sailor might be the mm. only the only kind of chance of adventure you might ever have. It might be a yes. choice between you stay and, and whether or not the reality is actually that, that you might, um, it's certainly what Melville did, like that he would kind of just go, go to sea to, to get away from his life. So I, thought, yeah. I kind of felt like it was those two, well, that's how, how I understand. I definitely romanticised his life because I'm obsessed with him. And, and that also has that, it, it's the thing calling you, but it's also potentially the destructive voice. Yes. But, because I've always thought that I like, what could be worse than being a sailor, being stuck on a ship? Oh my God, like, it's horrible. Yeah. You're essentially in a desert, like on a vehicle in a desert. But even I'm pulled in by the romanticizing. Yeah, what, yeah. So my, my favorite Muppet movie is Muppet Treasure Island. One of the songs in that definitely calls to this line right near the start. Jim Hawkins is cleaning up uh, the tavern that they're in and he's got Gonzo and Rizzo with him. And he starts singing a song about wanting something better. just can't help but wonder am i doomed to wash and dry and is it a curse i'm under to do it till i die oh i hope not yeah when i could be an explorer sure you could. sailing off to distant lands well, not so fast instead of spending every afternoon just getting dishpan hands my future looks like nowhere that i want to be there's gotta be something better something better there's gotta be something better than this and i think in part that's also what they're referencing with the sweet mm -hmm. sound that calls the young sailors it's the call especially for young people mm -hmm. and we're not talking mm -hmm. children mm -hmm. but people who are about to embark on some form of this is now a step into adulthood mm -hmm. that says instead of conforming to a life of what's known go out and explore and find mm. something new mm. and find an adventure that's very specifically about the unknown. Mm. Yes. But then that, but then you might also be the, you know, on a ship doing washing up. Yes. Yeah. It, it's not always going to be full of adventure. It, it, it also makes me think of one of my absolute favorite Disney movies, Moana, which has, I don't think you've seen it. Have no, you? no. You, you really need to. <laughs> it, it is genuinely so good because its characterization is so different from a lot of the Disney movies. Mm. Moana is a, char a character who isn't looking for an escape from her day-to-day -day life. It's not that she doesn't want to grow up on the island that she's on and take on her father's role and the responsibilities. Mm. It's that when she looks out at the ocean, 
she wonders what else is there. And it's not a whole, I need to go out there and spend the rest of my life exploring either. It's, I, I just need to go out there. I need to see what's out there. I need to see if that's interesting to me. And then I'm going to decide what I want out of mm. this. So I think asking, is this the sweet sound that calls the young sailors? There's a really, again, sincere question of, is this just an exploration of the unknown? Is this just me chasing something that I'm not necessarily ever going to find, that I might be disappointed by, mm. that I might just end up on the swab deck cleaning stuff? Or is this a genuine call of something more important and profound? Yeah. I think it's it's interesting that so the next part of the song there's a, there's almost a kind of like reassuring it's it's the reassurance. So there's this line, someday we will find it. That mm. I guess I don't know, like, that there's all this kind of uncertainty within that song. And so I was thinking something, I was thinking something that I don't think quite works, but I was wondering whether actually it's an assertion of free will, this song. That, that what it's about is, is you can actually make your own reality. And I, I think that's entirely true. Yeah. And which again is, and which again is completely well, no, maybe maybe Dick is about can you or can't you really? So that's where they kind of separate. Is that this is that that assertion that someday we'll find it suggests yeah. that. And again, I see that's that's another thing I find slightly problematic. I'm sorry, I know I'm slightly going all over the place, but it's it's a it's a very hard song to get a hold of in some ways. That so. It, it it plays to if if I'm if I was feeling cynical about this, then you could say it plays to an ideal of you've just got to go out there and get it, and then and then and then everything will happen to you, everything will happen for you, and and someday if you search for the rainbow, you will find the rainbow. Like I don't think that really is what it's saying, but there's a potential reading of it that is that. So I and then I think there's a really fun twist coming up, and I don't think you know about this twist yet, but. I think put a pin in that for a moment. Okay. If we, if we wrap up the song as it is okay. with uh, th this question, is this the sweet sound that calls the young sailors? And the voice might be one and the same, mm. that this voice that is calling you in your sleep, yeah. the voice of your dreams, yeah. the voice of your inner desires, and the voice that is out there in the unknown mm. calling you out there might be the same voice. It might be that your dreams are out there and you can reach them. But I think it's really important that that word might is in there because there is an understanding, I think, that it's not just as simple as you can dream it and have it. I don't think the Muppets is ever under that pretense mm. that wishing things makes them exist. I've heard it too many times to ignore it. It's something that I'm supposed to be. Is that very self-assured, kermity, decision of this is a thought in my head this is something that i clearly want i'm hearing it in my dreams i'm hearing it out there in the unknown mm -hmm. even if it's not there even if that voice isn't the same voice this is something that i cannot ignore and it's something that i've got to go out and find mm -hmm. 
and that and that becomes the movie right kermit leaves the swamp and kermit decides to go and find it and this song sets up all of that so beautifully in the kermit is a dreamer mm-hmm. kermit is a lover kermit is someone looking for this abstract idea of a rainbow connection that as far as these lyrics have said is all about your dreams and all about what you're wishing and all about these visions that you see mm. but there's something inconclusive at the end of the song right there's something missing yeah missing in the sense that you're not gonna all of a, a magical verse that's been forgotten no oh. no not quite oh. so do you remember how the muppet movie ends no at the end of the movie they have decided that they're all going to do stuff together they've got a studio deal with hollywood they've met their executive and they've signed to start making movies and the first thing they make is a version of their journey Mm -hmm. so we don't quite see it we see the scenery and we see them getting ready for it which is brilliant because then what we're watching is a movie made by a bunch of people but really by these authentic muppets about how they came together to create the muppet show okay but then the movie ends with us seeing a glimpse of them making a movie about the story of the movie (laughs) we're we're so many layers deep but that all quickly comes crashing down because Mm. they start to sing the rainbow connection reprise for the finale Mm. And this is all of the Muppets joining in. You said early on that there, you know, there's a lot of versions and you prefer the ones with just mm-hmm. Kermit. Mm-hmm. I've got a soft spot for the one in the 2011 Muppets movie where everyone's joining in because it is such a communal song at that point. Mm-hmm. And the plot being bringing everyone back together has quite a sweet way of being like, this is the rainbow connection. This is the thing that is uniting all of these people. Mm-hmm. This kind of call of we all want something more and we want this together and let's work together and connect together. Mm-hmm. So they start singing this final version. Kermit opens it and Fozzie answers it. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? That's part of what rainbows do. Rainbows are memories. Sweet dream reminders. What is it you'd like? <laughs> that's so funny it's a last line <laughs> like, with this whole song about whimsy and all oh, right then what do you want to do <laughs> that's brilliant it's it's so grounded because they are about to go and do something they're embarking mm. on what mm. they wanted mm. and these rainbow connections are sort of the moments that they've connected throughout the movie and come together. And all the Muppets start singing then. And you've also got um, Sesame Street characters in there too, like Big Bird's there. All of us watching and wishing we'd find it. Which does a brilliant job of making the Muppets part of the audience in that. That these are not characters who are teaching us a lesson. These are characters who are learning a lesson with us. And I think that's part of the key of bringing that ensemble in at the end. You've got, I would guess there's like a hundred, if not more, puppets there. And bringing in the Sesame Street characters who haven't really had a presence throughout. There's been a couple cameos. But it's all of us are watching this and wishing that we could find the Rainbow Connection. I know you're watching 
which is a brilliant you know if they weren't already breaking the fourth wall yeah. with all of us watching yeah, it, it yeah, is that's a, you're here with us that's a definite if you haven't got this already audience i'm just going to point it out for you that's interesting <laughs> yeah. isn't it? because I, m- the muppets always have that <laughs> sort of meta thing going on because it's it's never about the performance it's about what's happening backstage which always kind of brings that connection in but i yes. i think also what you were saying there made me also think about mr rogers again um, like there's a sort of equality within the muppets and, and sesame street of that you've got characters like um, i'm thinking of um oscar the grouch in sesame street who is grumpy and unpleasant but it's completely on the same footing as the other characters and and nobody kind of goes oh you know we hate oscar the grass they just they go and like like knock on his bed and say hey oscar how are you today you know yeah there's yeah. a sort of, and it makes me think of like you saying that everybody's then there's a sort of beautiful thing about bringing them all together to then sing that song and that what has been kermit's kind of what was kermit's sort of lonesome melancholy moment at the beginning becomes a kind of well we've all got our different versions of this and then we'll bring them together and it all sort of become quite practical and like okay yeah. let's do it then makes me think in some weird way i'm not sure i'm going to be able to articulate it but of mr rogers looking out at the, that audience of children and and, mm. those, and being like i like you just i like you for who you are i can't remember exactly how it what the wording is I like you just the way you are. That's yeah. sort of Kermit's job is to make everybody feel liked just the way they yeah. are. And, the, yeah. and the, then there's no there's no bad guys. Like there's sort of uh, so if you're all then singing that song, then it's then all those things I was saying at the beginning about this this song has the potential to be a bit exclusionary, just fly out the window because it's not that at all. It's everybody's got a rainbow and let's like let's all share our rainbows. And, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that does make it's, it's, different. It's sweet. So uh, then the Muppets all join in. Someday you'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers. This has gone from a song about Kermit wanting to find something to a song from all of the Muppets directly to the audience in this very sweet way of, yes, this is a slapstick fast, but actually what we're talking about here is a lot more accessible. It's something you can do. It's something about connecting with other people. It's It's something about making those memories. But it's also, I feel like fundamentally, it's about community in some way. I feel like that's, I I, I haven't watched the Muppet films much, but I feel like there's maybe a common element of everybody dissipates and and moves apart from each other and fails on their own and then they Mm. they can only really succeed when they're a community yeah yeah it's it's so it's so sweet and again it's sincere and there's no shame in this so then there's only a few lines left but before you get to those lines we get a lovely musical interlude and if, if you imagine you've now got all these set pieces, you've got a giant rainbow and you've got everyone moving different pieces. You've got a car from moving right along and all this mm. stuff. And Gonzo, good old Gonzo. There's a little bit of a mishap. Crashes into the rainbow. <laughs> the set starts getting destroyed. An explosion blows a hole in the roof of the studio. Everything falls into chaos. And our group of Muppets are all stood together. And in the most cliche, lovely moment, what comes through the hole in the roof? The end of a rainbow shining straight onto this little group. And in an almost knowing way of 
yes, we've gone this gross with it. The final mantra of it, because they're singing it, but there's also this sort of, we're now going to sing a point at you repeatedly <laughs> moment. It's like a movie, write your own ending, keep believing, keep pretending, we've done just what we've set out to do. it's slightly gross it knows it's meta life's like a movie yes you're telling us the movie of your life right now while filming a movie of your life in the movie of your life yeah yeah and how the choices that we make and the connections that we make are entirely dependent on us constructing these stories for ourselves and sort of going if i'm hearing something calling out to me Maybe I just have to treat my life like a movie and give it a shot and find out what it is and see what mm. rainbow memories I can find along the way mm. and see who else I come into contact with and what ensemble cast I can fill my own life with. That's very Parks and Rec, find your team. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just sweet, though, right? It is, it is sweet. It is sweet. There is that thing... Um, that I was talking about the other day, that Jack Zipes thing about fairy tales, that even even happy endings are, are kind of transgressive endings because they the point of a happy ending is to make you question, so why why don't happy endings happen? And what conditions do we need to put in place in order for happy endings to happen? Because happy endings are, are quite often kind of um, seen as, as, as quite superficial endings or quite, well, life isn't really like that or whatever. But actually, that's the point of fiction, isn't it? You know... Something the Muppets does so well with happy endings. Mm. And I think why the end of that song and the end of the Muppet movie and the Muppets generally work so well is because there is no happy ending mm. in the Muppets. Mm. The Muppet movie ends with them getting started on their journey. Mm. And it's their first proper venture in creativity together. And we sort of know from the Muppet show that the reality is that this group of yeah, people yeah. are working together to make other shows. And that's part of what's brilliant about it. It's why The Muppets is so cleanly able to do Treasure Island and A Christmas Carol, because the audience knows that this is Kermit the Frog performing mm -hmm. a character. Mm -hmm. There's never an ending to The Muppets. And I think that's an important part of the story. That's an important part of the Rainbow Connection ethos. And maybe that's part of the answer to what is the sweet sound that calls the mm -hmm. young sailors because the Muppets never gives you an ending mm -hmm. because it's not about endings. It's about finding yourself a group of people, a crew of sailors, a group of friends and seeing what the next adventure is. Is it about the, the crisis of what happens when you cease to believe that and then returning to returning to that? Is it that? I think maybe the... I think maybe the later movies are because mm. I think the first movie is very upfront in that everyone is trying to find something and there are a few moments of real doubt in it. Mm. I mean, and I think Gonzo song illustrates that, right? Gonzo song feels like the place where you would see the most doubt in that and the mm. most disbelief, but it's not that Gonzo 
doesn't believe it's that gonzo gonzo is struggling to comprehend how yeah. you do that yeah it's just too big for him <laughs> yeah yeah okay well there we go that is the sweet sound that calls the young sailors yeah we i mean we we wanted to answer that question i think we've answered we i think we've answered it as comprehensively as it can be answered it was a muppety good time <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined everything. <laughs>